You're listening to the City Hope Church podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. We've got some great things happening, and I hope that you'll join us uh, this Saturday for Pray and Serve, and uh, it's going to be a great time. Our friends over at Berean and First Christian are joining us for that as well. And so we can't wait to serve our city. And so if you want to sign up, meet us at the Next Steps wall, or you can go um, online at cityhope.life. Hey, today I am excited to uh, do a couple of things. Number one is uh, today is our vision offering uh, kind of kickoff weekend. Uh, and if you don't know this, a couple uh, just about a month ago, I preached a message about the vision behind the next year of our church. And we are super excited about what God is doing. We talked about that next, in the next year, we're going to have a passion for prayer, a passion for praise and worship, and a uh, passion for people. And uh, we're excited to start many of those projects. In fact, many of the things, even some work around the church, as you've seen, we've got some concrete work done out front. We're doing some facade work on the front of the church. That is all because of your vision offering. And so um, today, uh, I, I, I get the opportunity to actually announce the goal of the vision offering this year. Because we always set a goal, just a, and we do a God-given faith goal that, hey, there's no way that this can happen unless God moves, everybody. And so this is a, a, a quite impossible number that I'm going to give you this year, but I'm excited to announce that this year we are going to raise, I believe with all of my heart, I have all the faith to say we're going to raise $40,000 this year in one offering. I'm excited. It's going to be incredible. And, uh, and I can't wait. There's so, there's so much that's going to happen because of that, because of your generosity. And as I've told you many times, uh, we don't ever ask you to, to give above and beyond throughout the whole year. There's not a giving campaign every month. There's just one time a year that I pray that you would that you would ask God uh, to fight to uh, for you that you would excuse me that you would ask God to just lay something on your heart to give above and beyond your tithe and offering or above and beyond your tithe and uh, and give this offering. And uh, you know, as we did last year, we gave away the first ten percent before we ever even took a, a dime. And uh, it's pretty awesome. And so we're going we're gonna to do the same thing this year. In fact, the next couple of weeks, you're going to see video after video of local organizations that we're giving to this year. We're excited to partner with so many people. Um, but actually, i got a special guest in the room, and uh, we want to do something really special. I'll give you a little bit of background behind Pastor Dan and Leslie. Uh, they've been pastoring in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's been two, over two years, two years at Abide Church in Tulsa. They are a church plant just like us, everybody. And uh, and so they know they know everything. You, you, you all know, you remember setting up, tearing down. You remember how hard it was to find a permanent facility. And uh, Pastor Dan and Leslie, they are uh, in the middle of trying to find a new permanent home for Abide Church. And they've got just a few weeks to do that. And, uh, and we just thought that what better way to kick off this vision offering then, hey church, let's give a thousand dollars towards their building fund. Come on, you can do better than that. That's your generosity. And so, on behalf of our church, we just we shared it with the staff team this week, and we just felt compelled that we we need to plan into. I think it's important that we plan into other <laughs> small local churches and uh, churches that are that honestly we were we were right there just a few years ago everybody and so they're raising 
a good amount of money to find a permanent home, and we are so excited just to do our little small part that we can do. But because of your vision offering this year, hey, everybody, he's leaving with a check for $1,000 to build the church. So, And so, hey, as, uh, as we kind of wrap up here, uh, I, I, I'm thankful for your generosity uh, every, every single week and, uh, and what we're doing with the vision offering this year. I'm telling you, the, even the other organizations that we have planned this year, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And so I can't wait to share those with you in the following weeks. The vision offering is on December the 18th. And so mark your calendar and, uh, and, and just ask God. My, my prayer is, is that you would just ask God what he would have you give towards this. And, uh, and I believe, I believe that we can make a huge and lasting impact uh, in our city. And so, hey, like I said today, Pastor Dan is with us. And I just got to tell you, uh, Pastor Dan is a friend. He's a spiritual mentor. And uh, man, we just spent time together last, spent 1130 last night. He was at my house. And uh, so we're a little tired, but we've just, we've just enjoyed talking ministry together. And uh, I'm telling you, this, this guy's the real deal. And, uh, and, and you know that uh, it, we, we don't share this, this pulpit with many people, but I am very excited to welcome Pastor Dan. Come on up. Come on, church. Would you put your hands together? Welcome, Pastor Dan. Would you stand up on your feet? take a seat. Thank you so much. Man, uh, really caught me off guard with that, uh, that offering there. I'm not, I'm not a crier, but, um, under the right circumstances, you know what I'm saying? Uh, golly, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, what an honor it is to be here with you guys today. I feel like God's put a specific message on my heart, uh, to share with you, but before I get too much further, um, uh, I just got to give uh, honor where honor is due, and I just want to let you guys know, I hope you know this, you guys really have something special going on here at church. I, I hope you know that, um, because I talk to a lot of pastors, and I've, I've been in a lot of churches over the years, and um, there's a certain thing, you can walk into a place on a Sunday morning, and you can feel uh, that the presence of God. You can feel the peace, and you know... God's hand is on this place. And I just want to say, Pastor Noah and, and Emily, uh, I love you guys so much. And uh, you, guys, you guys are so genuine. And God's plan for you and for this church is bigger than you can imagine. Um, it's bigger than you can imagine. I think if you could see what God has in store, uh, it, it would, uh, I don't think you could handle it. And so, man, keep being faithful, keep staying strong. And would you just say a huge thank you to your pastors? Would you give them a huge round of applause? I love you guys. <clears throat> man, okay, uh, I'm going to hop into it today. Hey, today we're going to, uh, I'm going to continue in the series that you guys have been in. And I'm going to try to hopefully uh, not get too far ahead with this fancy touchscreen up here, but I'm going to see if I can get it. Oh, boy. Okay, I've already messed. Okay, there we go. Good question. <laughs> Try not to double tap it and get ahead of myself here. Okay, so uh, we're going to continue in our series, uh, Good Question. Hopefully you came expectant to hear from God today. One of the things that God's been putting on my heart lately, um, even in leading a church, is showing up with uh, expectation. Um, I've been challenging our team and just asking, what did you expect to happen at church today? Did you expect to show up and just sing a few songs and then go home? Or did you expect to show up and just kind of maybe take, uh, you know, uh, casually take a few notes 
and then uh, go, you know, just get out to lunch and try to beat the rush? What did you expect? Or did you show up expecting God to speak to you personally today? Did you come expecting uh, maybe that pain in your body to be healed today? What did you show up expecting? So I hope you showed up with some expectation because I believe God wants to speak to you directly today. So today we're going to continue in this, uh, this series called Good Question. And we're going to be answering this question right here. Bear with me as I, oh, actually, before I get to that, hang on. This is why it's good to have, uh, good to have, I'm in control of this. So, uh, let me introduce my family, okay? So uh, my wife, uh, Leslie, who's with me, we've been married for 12 years. We have uh, one boy, he is eight years old, and um, he's just getting into basketball, everybody. And I don't know if you can tell by my stature, I'm not a basketball guy, okay? Um, I played one year in fourth grade, and I realized really quick, yeah, this ain't for me, okay? I'll play some football, but not, not so much. So it's been a learning experience for both of us, and so... Um, uh, I've been YouTubing, how, did, how do you teach a kid to uh, dribble a basketball? So there's been a lot of that in my, my YouTube search history late, uh, lately. But man, uh, I'm so incredibly blessed with a, a beautiful wife and a, and a beautiful family. And so uh, I just want to introduce myself a little bit. But we're going to continue on and we're going to answer uh, this question today. Why do I need to go to church? Have you ever answer, or asked the question, why, why do I go to church? You ever thought about that? Other than like the, the pressure of like you should, or maybe anybody have a grandma that uh, would always ask you, hey, you been in church? Like she would look at you over her glasses, you been in church? You been in church lately? Anybody have a grandma like that? Like, I, yeah, where she's just like holding you accountable. Other than your, your granny who's putting the pressure on you to be in church, why, have you ever wondered like really why do I need to go to church? Because here's the reality of the world that we live in. I can get the best pastors, the best preaching on the TV in my living room anytime I want. So why is it important then if I could just get whoever I want, the best person out there that I really connect with, if I can get them in my living room, why is it important for me to show up with a bunch of other believers and get in the room and serve and be involved? Why is it really that important? And so what I want to do today is I want to look at um, the reason behind that. And here's what I would say before we really get into this. Two things. Uh, the first thing is this. I got my start in kids' ministry, and so today I only have two points for you, okay? So real simple. I try to keep it real simple. Uh, I try to make it where you can apply it to your life, so hopefully that's the goal. But the other thing I would say is this. We will never experience revival without personal commitment to the bride of Christ. And here's what happens. Many times we look at the church and we think the church is just an organization. The church is just some uh, group of people that get together. And we, we uh, fail to put the emphasis on the church is the bride of Christ. And when we remember how important it is for us to steward the bride of Christ while Christ is away until his return, when we fail to realize that pressure, we will miss out on revival, not just in our lives and our families' lives, but in our city as well and in the region as well. God wants to use us to bring a fresh wave of revival to this city and to this region and even beyond. But we have to have a personal commitment to the church, which is the bride of Christ. So here's the two reasons. Here's the two biblical reasons. I could probably give you a whole lot more, but here's the ones I feel like God put on my heart for today. What are the two reasons that we need to be in church? And the first one is this, God's presence and his power. God's presence and his power. Let me break this down just a little bit here. God, our God, or the living God, is omnipresent. Okay, so he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's here, but he's also in our church right now. He's, he's also across the world right now. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. But here's how deep our God is. He's not just omnipresent, 
but he's also, he has an inner presence. If you're a believer in Christ, what does he do? He puts his Holy Spirit on the inside of you. So there is an inner presence as well. There's an omnipresence. There's an inner presence that I carry with me. I'm never alone. He's never far from me. I carry him with me. But then there is a manifest presence, which is what I would say a made known presence that is available and that happens whenever we gather together. The made known presence is a deeper level of his presence that we get to go into whenever we get two or more people together gathered in his name. He says, I am there among you. In fact, let's look at it, Matthew 18, 20. Man, I'm doing good with this TV up here. I'm very proud of myself. Uh, so Matthew 18, 20 says this, for two or three are gathered together in my name, Jesus says, I am there in the midst of them. I am there in the midst of them. Have you ever been, maybe it was today, have you ever been in a worship service and you remember experiencing the presence of God in such a, it was almost tangible. You know, it wasn't like goosebumps and feelings and, oh, the, the lights were just right and, and everything. It wasn't that. The, the, it wasn't that the, the worship leader hit the note just perfect. It was something on the inside of you that just was like, man, God is here. You ever felt that before? I, f- I felt it today just when we were worshiping. That is the made known presence of God. That is God tapping you on the shoulder saying, hey, I'm here with you. I'm always with you, but I'm here with you in, in a, a little bit of a, a deeper way. And I want to speak to you today. I want to minister to you today. The manifest presence of God is the only thing that makes the church different than any other organization in the world. You ever thought about that? Like, the only thing that separates us from just another morally good group of people that get together once a week, that just have a good club of people, the only thing that separates us is that when the church gathers, God shows up. That's the difference. Otherwise, what are we doing here? If God's not going to show up today, and we didn't expect him to show up today, then we're just playing church games. The only thing that separates us from anything that the world is doing is that our one true living God shows up in his house when his people show up and gather together. The manifest presence of God. This is God's house, but here's what's great. When his presence is here, his power is also available. His power always follows his presence. So let's read this a little bit more in context. I'm gonna back up one verse here. So I'm gonna, we read verse 20. Let's look at verse 19. He says, again, to say, to say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything, everybody say anything. Anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. The reason what you ask is done is because you're gathered not in your name. You're gathered in his name. So when you gather in his name, when you pray, what are you praying for? Your will or his will? His will. We are gathering together in his name, and we're saying, Lord, we're going to pray in agreement with your will. And what's his will? Is it a mystery? Does he make it difficult for us to understand or know? No, his will is his word. And we say, Lord, we're going to gather together. We're going to pray your will. And when you said when two or more are gathered together, then that means that Jesus shows up. He is there with us. And who is praying in agreement with us? Jesus. So why can Jesus say so boldly that it will be done by my Father in heaven? Because Jesus is there. When you pray in agreement with his word, Jesus shows up in the spiritual realm and he puts his arms around you in your prayer circle and he says, I agree with this. Let it be done. Do you see the power then of us gathering together, not in our name, 
not to promote our church or to promote pastor whoever, but when we show up and we say our only goal today is to glorify the name of Jesus and to raise up his word above any other word that we heard this past week from our doctor or from the news or from whoever, when we glorify his name, his word, and him and his kingdom, he will show up in a powerful way, not just his presence to minister to us, to bring us peace and the fruit of the spirit, but his presence shows up and where his presence is, his power is. So that's why when we sing that last song and when Pastor Noah gets up here and he says, do you believe that God could touch your body if you have physical pain or something going on in your body? Yeah, <laughs> biblically, yes, that can happen today. Why? Not because of what, we're, what we are mustering up, not because we're twisting God's arm. God, please move in our, in our service. No, because we're being obedient to his word. We're just simply doing the spiritual basics and many times, if Christians and believers, if we would devote ourselves to the spiritual basics, we would see the miraculous on a much more regular basis. Too many times we overcomplicate it, and Jesus is just saying, hey, if you would get together with like-minded, faith-filled believers and pray in agreement with my word, I would move, and I would answer those prayers. So it should build our faith a little bit when we get together and we say, why, why is it so important for us to gather together? Deuteronomy 32 says this. I don't have a verse slide, but it says this. One can chase a 1,000, but two can put 10,000 to flight. One can chase a 1,000, but two can put 10,000 to flight. Can I tell you something? That's the power of God. That's God's miracle-working math going on in your life. Because when you have spiritual enemies coming against you, and they're coming against you, and you feel like, man, i got to fight this battle on my own, God's power can work in your life, and you can stand on God's word alone in your life, and you will see some success. But you can see a thousand's worth of success, or you can join together and put 10,000 to flight. When you gather around and say, man, I'm facing some enemies, some spiritual enemies right now. I'm facing some battles right now. I need to get some people around me, not that are going to give me their opinion or try to just speak uh, the world's facts to me through their, their, their earthly mind, but they're going to put some faith in me with God's vision and what his word says. Then we can put 10,000 to flight. That's the power of God. But here's what we have to realize. We don't just gather together to say that we gather together. We've got to gather and be planted in the house of the Lord. We've got to learn to be planted in the house of the Lord. You need to find a church, and hopefully you have here, but you need to find a church that you can wholeheartedly be in unity with through regular attendance, tithing, and serving. Let me say that again. You need to find a church. Oh, let me say it this way. You, I, I tell people this all the time. You don't find a church. We, we, we've said that before. I need, I need to find a new church. I'm looking for a new church. You don't find a church. God calls you to a church. Yes. Here's why. Because God knows how he made you. He knows your gifts, your talents. He knows your leadership style. He knows how you respond to a certain leadership style. And he says, I've made you this way, and I'm calling you to this church under this pastoral leadership because I know you're going to fit perfect here, and you're going to carry the vision forward. It's not that I'm just wandering around looking for a church. No, you need to stop and say, Lord, where are you calling us to go to church? Then I need to get planted in the church. And this is what it says in Psalm 92. It says this, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. I don't know about you, but I want that. 
I want the promises of what this says. They shall bear fruit in old age. I don't, it doesn't matter how old you are in the room today. God's not done. He's not done with your life. He's got more for you to do. He's got more people for you to impact. He's got more hope for your marriage, for your relationship. It doesn't matter your age. He, he wants to produce fruit in your life. I want to be fresh and flourishing. In fact, one sign, one good sign of being planted in a church is that your life is refreshed and it's flourishing. Does that mean that it's battle-free? Absolutely not. Does that mean it's all sunshine and rainbows and unicorns? No. But it does mean when I'm planted that I have access to and spiritual rights to the overcoming Christian life, which means just like the children of Israel going into the promised land, God wanted to take them to a place. But was that place free of battles? No. They faced battle after battle after battle. But what did they receive? Victory after victory after victory. Why? God wants to prove his faithfulness in your life. But being, where does it start? I got to be planted somewhere. And that's what I would say. You need to be planted in the house of the Lord. And if you're not planted in the house of the Lord, you are planted somewhere. You need to ask yourself, Lord, where, where am I planted? If I'm not all in with God's house, then maybe I've allowed my roots to be planted somewhere else. And I can't expect God's fruit to be produced in my life if I'm not planted in his house. Does that make sense? If I'm not planted in his soil, I can't produce his fruit. So we need to be planted. We've got to learn to be planted in the house of the Lord. So the presence and the power of God is available when, when we assemble, when we gather together like this. That's why I would say this, when you don't feel like going to church, it's the best time to go to church. Man, there's been so many times in my life where whew, we've been facing some stuff, personal stuff, heavy stuff, and I didn't feel like going to church. But we went to church, and as we left, it never fails. As we left, I said, man, I'm so glad we came today. Why? God's presence ministered to our hearts, and his power went to work in our lives. But where did I have to go? To the house of the Lord. I need to get around some people so God could show up and make his manifest, made known presence known to me and minister to me at a deeper level. doesn't mean that I'm away from him when I'm home. Remember, there's an inner presence, there's an omnipresence, but the manifest, made known presence is right here when we gather together. Here's point number two for you. Already at point number two. Come on now. We're going pretty good. Purpose is achieved through assembly. Purpose is achieved through assembly. There's a difference between gathering and assembling. I learned this in a very in-depth way last Christmas when my son, who is into Star Wars and into Legos, and if you don't know, those are two very expensive things to be into as a kid nowadays. Um, so he asked uh, us for, or he put on his Christmas list, um, he, he asked for a, a Lego Millennium Falcon. And not like a little one, like the 1,400-piece Lego Millennium Falcon. And so that was our big gift to him. We, we saved up. We put some money aside because it was a big gift. And uh, we, we got it. In fact, I brought a few pictures that I'll show you here. So here's the box. Here's what it's supposed to look like, right? This gives you high hopes right here. You pick this off the shelf and say, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Then you open the box and you look in and it's like, wait a minute. Why are there 14 bags of Legos in here? Like, shouldn't there, like maybe a couple bags of Legos, but what are we, what did, what are we doing here? What have we gotten ourselves into, right? There's a difference between gathering and assembling. Gathering together is this. 
I am thankful that somebody at the factory gathered the right pieces, put them in bags in order of assembly, gave us a little workbook down here that we could know where pieces went so that we could accomplish putting it together. But gathering was just the first step. Assembly is where we had a whole lot of fun. Because once we assembled, now, man, we got some characters down here. We have the, the Lego Millennium Falcon. Now, this was three or four days later. It wasn't the same night, okay? <laughs> Golly. I mean, it, it'll test your patience, okay? Um, he was seven years old at the time. And so I was, I was doing the book. I was handing him the right pieces. It was a whole thing. But it took us time. It was painstaking, but we made sure every piece was in the right spot. Why? So that we could have the fun toy to play with. And not only that, it wasn't just everything on the outside looks great and the inside is just a shell. This thing actually, like, it opens up. And inside, there's all of these hidden pieces. And underneath those pieces, there are hidden pieces in there. And all of them are incredibly important. It's not just the, the you know, where they drive it, whatever this thing, the, the cockpit here. It's not just that's the most important part. No, everything in here causes structure, which lets you pick it up and move it and, move, and, and have fun with it. And it makes it have purpose. But there's a difference between gathering and assembling. And many times we mistake that, we mistake that in the church. We think gathering is all I got to do. But gathering is just the first step. Gathering together is good, but assembling together will change the world. We have a lot of people that are in churches this morning, and they're gathered together in big crowds. But there's a lot of people that still haven't assembled together with their church to create mission and purpose and move in the same direction together. Let me show you. This is, hey, we see this in scripture, not Legos, but you know, basically, let's look at it. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. How do we do that? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. For years, I read this, and all I read was, don't miss church. Be in church. Is that bad? No, that's good. But that's gathering. What does scripture say? The assembling together. Oh, man, I'm on the wrong verse. Sorry. I double tapped on my head. Sorry. I, mean, I was doing so good. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Here's what Hebrews 10 says. I think it's on your note cards if you got one. Here's what it's saying. As we get closer to the end times, as we get closer to Jesus coming back at any moment, church attendance and church assembling together should be going in increase. It should not be decreasing. If it's decreasing, something's not right. <laughs> as the church, we should be increasing is what scripture says. It says, as, as so much more as you see the day approaching. Don't forsake what? Gathering? No, don't forsake assembling. Assembling together. We assemble together, why? Because we have work to do, which is Ecclesiastes 4 right here. It says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. But if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Look at the difference. If they fall, if, you can help them up. But when you fall and you're alone, there will be no one to help you up. Why do I got to surround myself? Why do I got to be here? Not just be here, but be connected here like a Lego piece. Why do I need to be connected in the house of the Lord? Because when I face battles, 
I, I need to have a if, not a when. <laughs> if I'm walking alone, I will get knocked down. But when I'm walking with others, we are joined together, and the more we are joined together, the stronger we are. And if I get knocked down, I can still have help up. We have work to do. But hear me in this. A crowd doesn't make a church. A crowd doesn't make a church biblically. A good sermon doesn't make a church. A nice program doesn't make a church. A crowd becomes a church when a people become assembled. That's what we see in scripture. We look at the first church and what do we see? All hands on deck. We see everyone so willing to go above and beyond that no one among them had even a need that wasn't met. A church, or a crowd becomes a church when the people become assembled. Assembly happens when the mission isn't just something we do, but it's who we are. Churches, I don't just go to that church. No, I am the church. It's part of my identity. I'm not just a Lego piece. No, I'm a part of the Millennium Falcon, okay? <laughs> like, I'm a part of something that's so much greater, so much bigger, but that has so much more purpose and mission than me as a tiny Lego piece over here by myself. Yeah, this is fun and cool, I guess, but I would much rather be attached to something that's going somewhere. Something that, honestly, you can have fun while you're being a part. Because here's the truth. At church, when we're involved in church, when we're playing in the house of the Lord, if we're not having fun, we're probably doing it wrong. Amen? If we're not having fun following the Savior of the universe, then we're probably doing it wrong. We put too much pressure on ourselves. Yeah, we have a mission to do. Yeah, there should be some, some weight to what we're doing. However, we can have a little bit of fun as we go. Look at the life of Jesus. Him and, and, and some disciples, I guarantee they had a good time wherever, wherever they went. We see them where at, at weddings and at different events like that. Anyway, I'm getting off topic here. Let me get back to what I'm, what I'm talking about. A church becomes my church when I am actively, consistently, what, attending Giving and serving, those three things. Why? What is that doing? That's allowing me to get connected, just like a Lego piece connects and locks in. It's allowing me to say, I'm going to do my part here. I'm going to do my part. And I'm not just going to be here and, and, and watch from a distance. I'm not just going to stay hanging out in one of those bags of Legos. No, I want to be involved. I want to be associated with God, what God's doing in our church. There's a difference between a, a, a tub of random Lego pieces and a set, a Lego set. The set has potential. Random Lego pieces, it can be really frustrating. It can be very frustrating. In fact, let's look at it in scripture. Let me try not to get too far ahead here. Matthew, okay, here we go. Matthew 9. Then Jesus, he went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Let me move that forward. Hey, there we go. Okay. I'm not used to running my own slides, so bear with me here. Here we go. Like a sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray for the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Hey, there was Hebrews 10. Okay, here we go. Into, the, into his harvest. When Jesus saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion. This is great insight to everything we've been saying today. This is why the goal isn't a big crowd at church. 
Is it cool to see a lot of people show up? Yeah, it's exciting, but that's not the goal. The goal is an assembled people. The goal isn't a big crowd of church. The goal is an assembled people. Hear me in this. Think about the story of when Jesus fed 5,000 people, 5,000, maybe 10,000, maybe 15,000 even. He fed them with one little boy's lunch. Jesus did more with 12 people assembled than 5,000 people consuming. Imagine if the 5,000 assembled. Man, do you see? But all we see, really, realistically, what do we see? Out of upwards of 10 to 15,000 people even, they begin to ask for food. And who speaks up? One little boy. He says, I got a lunch. And if Jesus is asking for it, I'm willing to give everything. It's not much, but Jesus is for you, I'll give it. Or do we really think that upwards of 10 to 15,000 people, no one else had food? What mom do you know that doesn't have snacks in her purse right now? (laughs) Come on. You hear what I'm saying? But there was thousands of people who were gathered, but were not willing to assemble. And when one boy said, I'll assemble, then Jesus got his guys involved. They said, we'll play a part and we'll, we'll walk by faith and rip off pieces of food and hope more shows up. However it works, we'll do it. When 12 got involved, what happened? It's the greatest miracle in almost all the gospels. They're in everyone. My heart breaks for cities, for our city, for your city, to see people hurting, to see people lost, to see people broken. And I used to pray, <laughs> I used to pray, Lord, just send me that one, like b- the, the big giver, just send me the one that, you know, is playing the lottery and won and want to cut a, they want to cut a tithe check. Will you send me that one, Lord? Just send me that million dollars. Right now, it would just, it would really bless my heart, you know? You want to know how God answered that prayer in our church? He sent me a lot of individual pieces that aren't very fancy and don't have a lot of money, but they were willing to assemble. And because of their faithfulness, we've seen lives changed, bodies healed, marriages restored, health, addictions broken. On a single day, we've seen the miraculous. Why? Not because of one great faithful giver with a lot of money, because a lot of people like little tiny Lego pieces says, I'll be involved in that. I'll get connected to that. I can get behind that. And in doing so, we form something that God can move in. And when we gather together and then choose to assemble, every bill can be paid. Needs are met. New buildings can be built. I don't know, but you're gonna need a new building pretty soon. I hope you know that. Okay, this is great for now, but we got a lot of stairs around this joint. Amen? Like what? Come on, Jesus, let's go. What happens when we come together and we assemble, not just gather, what happens? New buildings can be built or purchased or remodeled. More people can be reached. Why? Because we're all doing our part. We're all choosing to do our part. Jesus says, ask for laborers. What's a laborer? In the original language here, it's a common field worker. Okay, so hear me in this. Not a celebrity, not a perfectly qualified individual with a degree. And if you got a degree, that's, that's great. 
But Jesus is looking for those little boys in the, in the crowd that says, I'll give everything. Was he the most qualified? Absolutely not. Jesus is looking for someone who will get dirty, who will work hard and will help wherever there is a need. But we've had people come and go in our church and they got a certain degree. And so, man, they can't, they, they, they're too qualified to be, you know, in the nursery rocking babies because, well, I have this degree. So if anything, I should be on stage helping at this point. If I could be honest with you, I tell my church this all the time. If Jesus really showed up today, like in physical form, he probably wouldn't be in this room. He'd probably be down there playing basketball with the kids, to be honest with you. <laughs> and if, I, if I'm not willing to serve where Jesus would serve, then am I truly being Christ-like? Here's the thing. I'm not here to bash anybody over the head or please don't, please hear my heart in this. I'm, I'm just passionate because I can see the potential in churches when a lot of people come together like in this room. And I can think to myself, like we see in the, the story of the 5,000, what if everyone assembled and not just gathered? Man, we turn the city upside down. Not for us, but for Jesus. But hear me. We're going back to the Legos. As long as, you're, as long as you remain enamored by the uniqueness of your piece instead of the contribution of your part, you will miss out on the blessing of revival together. Too many people are standing over there admiring how great their piece is and all the gifts and talents. Why well, just, you know, I can't find the perfect whatever, the perfect fit, or I just feel like I'm more qualified to serve over here than over there. If I get too enamored with the uniqueness of my peace instead of the contribution of my part, I will miss out on, on the blessing of revival. I will miss out on it. I'm, I'm forfeiting my chance to be involved in something greater than me. But when you become assembled, assembled, it gives purpose to the individual pieces. The thing about the Lego Millennium Falcon is all the ones that you don't see, they're the most important. Is the cockpit important? Yeah. But the stuff behind and underneath and away that you can't see is more important because it gives structure. This is why the assembly of the church is so important. Hear my heart in this, okay? I had to learn this. God spoke this to me years ago when I had a lot of pride in my heart. And God told me, I am not the gift. I'm not a gift to the church. The church is a gift to me. I need to tell you that. You're not a gift to the church, but the church is a gift to you. The church isn't a spiritual talent show where everyone gets their five minutes of fame and who can do better than whoever else. No, the church isn't about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us assembling. When we get the focus off the individual pieces and we begin to see, whoa, if we would come together, look what we could do. Then we can change the world. It's not about how can the whole serve my peace. It's about how can my peace contribute to the whole, even if I'm never seen. That's the heart of Jesus. The last thing I'll say is this is a wrap up. Have you ever stepped on a Lego before? It, it'll tempt you to say some naughty words, okay? It's not fun. Gavin has a lot of Legos and we have a lot of hardwood floor and it's awful. Hear me, when you don't assemble and you choose to not assemble in agreement with God's word, not only will you miss out on the purpose, but you actually become a stumbling block to other people. Just like the random Lego piece that is hanging out by itself and you step on it and it hurts and it causes someone to stumble. If you don't assemble, 
not only will you miss out on your purpose, but you'll cause others to stumble away from God. Why do we go to church? It's really pretty simple. God's presence and his power are ready to work in your life when we get together. But we discover our purpose in a greater way whenever we choose to assemble in the right position, get together in the right position, not stay in the bags of Legos on the sideline. No, I want to be put in the game and be a part of what God is doing. So here's my, here's my, what I would ask you today. In fact, if you just bow your heads and close your eyes for a second, right there at your seat, just quietly to yourself, just ask the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? I believe that right now God's prompting you that maybe you, you are assembled in this church. Maybe you found this place, you're tithing, you're attending, you're, you're, you're serving on a team. Maybe you're plugged in. Let me encourage you. God sees you. He does not overlook you. Maybe it feels like you're in one of those kids' classrooms and no one ever sees me and no one appreciates me. I'm always missing out on service or something. God sees you. He notices you. He's not overlooked you. But maybe you're in here and you say, man, I haven't taken a step yet. I haven't started tithing. I've, been a, I've just been gathering, but I haven't played my part. Can I tell you today, will you take a step? Will you take a step? Will you talk to, to, talk to one of the team today and say, hey, I want to learn how I can assemble. Maybe you need to start giving. Maybe you need to get on a team. Whatever it is, take one step. Take a step of faith and see what God can do through you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you so much. We come before you in the mighty name of Jesus, God, and we just say, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for clarity. Thank you for your truth that helps us have freedom from things in our lives. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to assemble with a church that has your hand on it, God. And I just pray, Lord, that as we choose to get out of the bags of Legos and gather, we, as we choose to take steps towards assembling, I pray that you would help us find the right spot for us where we cannot just make it about us. We can move the purpose and the vision forward so more people can be reached for your kingdom, God. That's our heart's desire. Would you give us the boldness, though, to take steps today? With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in here today and you say, Pastor Dan, that sounds great, but I need to make a first step. Maybe today you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't have any relationship with him and, and maybe it's your first time here. Or maybe you've been, you, you made a commitment to Jesus a, a long time ago, but you've been doing your own thing. You've drifted, you've been, you've been moving and, and you haven't been walking with him. But today you want to take your first step, which is to make Jesus the Lord and savior of your life. If that's you, you need to recommit or maybe you need to commit for the very first time. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I don't wanna do anything weird. I would love to just lead you in a prayer. If that's you though, I'm gonna ask you to be bold. Would you just raise your hand just high enough for me to say, hey, that's me, Pastor Dan, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? I see that hand. Once you raise it, you can put it back down. You won't be alone. Say, hey, that's me. I need that prayer today. Would you, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? Good, I see that. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. This isn't any uh, magic phrase that we say to become saved. No, this is just a prayer of an example of how we put our faith in Jesus we confess our sin and we repent from our ways. And so as I say this, church, would you just say this after me and pray in agreement? Everyone in here, would you repeat this prayer? Say, dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to come to this earth, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Right now, I put my faith in Jesus. Jesus, forgive my sin. 
Make me clean. Make me brand new. You are the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. I am saved. I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, will you give a huge round of applause? Everyone said that prayer for the very first time. Awesome. God bless you guys. Hey, can you put your hands together and thank Pastor Dan for that incredible message? I don't know about you, church, but I am ready to assemble, everybody. Like, let's, let's do it. And, uh, man, what a powerful word. Thank you, Pastor Dan. And, uh, man, just what our, I, I just really believe just what our church needs. And, man, if you're in this room today, you know, I, I don't want to let this moment pass where maybe you're, you're prompted to take a next step and uh, maybe do some of those things that Pastor Dan talked about. If you would, uh, just grab the connection card in the seat back in front of you on the back side. It just says your next step. And maybe you're in here today and you say, man, I, I do want to, I, I want to get plugged in. I, I want to serve somewhere. I want to be a part of what God is doing here. And uh, man, just fill out that card, let us know, and we'd love to get in touch with you, invite you to one of our team nights and help you be a part um, of our team. And so would you do that? Maybe your next, your next step might just be baptism or it might be something just simple. If you prayed that prayer today, we'd love to, uh, we'd love to help you take your next step in whatever way it is. So fill that card out and uh, join us downstairs at the next steps wall. We, we'd love to get you plugged in to serve somewhere. Maybe your next step is giving and, uh, and being a part of what we're doing here um, at our church financially. And uh, if that's, if that's the case, uh, you can give today by using the offering envelope and the seat back in front of you. In fact, they're going to put different ways to give on the screen behind me. If you'd like to partner with us in giving, one of the easiest ways to give is uh, actually online. Actually, about, about 30, 40% of you give online, and it's absolutely incredible. Many of you give reoccurring online. That's a great way to give. And uh, man, if you want to be a part uh, and be assembled in our church, that might be your next step uh, today as well. So I'm going to invite you to go ahead and stand up on your feet. Hey, this morning, if you need prayer for anything, uh, we, we'd be honored to pray for you. I'm going to invite our prayer partners to go ahead and come forward. And uh, if you just need, if, if you need someone to talk to, someone, someone uh, if you have some needs uh, in here this morning, we would be honored to pray for you after the service today. Find one of our prayer partners in the front here, and uh, we would love to do that uh, as we dismiss today. All right? Well, hey, uh, it is so good. Uh, it is so good to be here. And uh, one last thing as we leave, I just want to remind you that, hey, me and Emily, are, or Emily is having surgery on Tuesday. And so I would appreciate uh, any of your prayers that you can throw up for us on Tuesday morning and, uh, and just keep us, keep us in, your, uh, in your mind and uh, in your heart. So uh, we, would, we would much appreciate that. I want to also say that many of you have been so overly generous and loving and I just uh, I, I on behalf of Emily like I can't I can't thank you enough like we have an incredible church family and so the prayers that you've already prayed uh, the gifts that you've given uh, the text message I mean just the countless number of things that I just literally church I can't I can't thank you enough and so thank you thank you thank you and uh, we believe I got, God's going to do a work in Emily's life, and I, we just she's going to be home before next Sunday. Okay, so we'll drag her up the steps. <laughs> so, 
Well, it, uh, it, I, 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 I do, I, I'll try to, I plan to be here next weekend. And so we're just going to say, it, it's just let it be done, Lord. And uh, we can't wait. Pastor Tyler's got a great word for you next week. Hey, as we leave today, uh, let, let's say our blessing together. As always, when we get to this last part, let's give you peace. Would you say it with us? May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Have a great week, everybody.